Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It's me, your boy, Big Tasty, joined as always by Jay. How's it going, Jay? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. I know we've had a uh, we've had a heavy weekend. Bit of a. <laughs> Bit of quiz action last night in in the bar, um, and yeah, a little worse for her today. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> but there was no three day wrestling marathon this week, so comparatively, I think we're doing all right. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely don't feel like I'm actually on my deathbed like I was last week. <laughs> Not quite as fun, but definitely like a lot less exhausting. Not having like three yeah. nights of wrestling on the bounce. Uh, but there's still the wrestling wheel keeps on turning there's still plenty for us to talk about so there's been so much wrestling on this week because uh, it was Grand Slam for AW so we've got all that to get through later mm-hmm. uh, so a lot to talk about there but we're going to start as we always do with some WWE news and recaps uh, so we'll go through a bit of news we'll take you through Raw, take you through Smackdown uh, have you have you seen any of WWE this week? I watched both oh excellent, there we go, so once again, we stay winning. Uh, I can just sort of vaguely talk about it, and you can fill in the details. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll start with we'll start with some WWE news. I'm I'm not going to lie. I kind of I had to scrabble around for some for, for WWE news this week. There's nothing massive. There's been no like sort of megaton stories that we've been used to the last like sort of month or so. Yeah. Uh, it's been a bit of a quiet one. Uh, well, so <laughs> when, when our when our, our headline story we're leading off with is this, which is PW Insider reported that Drew McIntyre is currently quote very ill with bad food poisoning. Yeah, I mean, when we go into detail on it, you say very ill with bad food poisoning, like he's really fucking ill. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, he's <laughs> fucked up. Um, the fact that he had an IV. Yeah. So. Like- so he missed he missed this weekend's live event. So they took him off the house shows uh, because presumably they didn't want like shitting himself like on in front of a load of kids or something. Uh, Braun Strowman had to take his place. Uh, apparently, he was able to quote gut it through uh, his SmackDown segment. Um, but yeah, he basically literally minutes before he went out, they had him on an IV to make sure he didn't like keel over in the middle of the ring. Yeah, that's insane. That's <laughs> just they, they could have just run a video package or something. I know it's mad though, isn't it? Because like, when when like we, we we both follow football, and every now and then there'll be like an injury report before a game, and it happens in wrestling as well. And they'll say, "Oh, such and such can't play because of illness," and you're like, "Oh, illness? That's such a that's such a stupid excuse. Like, why can't they just get out there and play?" And then when you think like how shit you feel when you're a bit ill, you don't want to go to work and like do your like fairly standard job, but the same, but you're expecting someone to run like nine kilometers. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> or like wrestle a wrestling match for twenty minutes, and it's like it's fair play. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, maybe maybe don't do that if you're not feeling hundred percent. Yeah, I mean Blake Christian uh, wrestled Leon Slater with, with food poison the other day. That's because he fucking had pizza from Slater Street Mouth, and you never do that. Uh yeah, I, we we bumped into I think it was Blake, Jordan Oliver, and someone else, and we were like, oh yeah, that's a 
It's a pesky <laughs> movie. You, you'll be seeing that again, mate, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Should have yeah. slapped it out of his hand, but mate, I will take you to American Pizza Slice right now and sort you out. Oh, uh, like American Pizza Slice was short. Like, uh, at, least, at, least, at least Mamo's then on Ball Street. Yeah, but to be fair, Mamo's is a shout. Mamo's is good. Although the, the door staff that they have there are assholes. August getting to Botan. Yeah, but, but see, that would have been the, the right thing to do. Botan or Nabsies. I went to Botan that night and I was fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You also didn't drink that day, so. No, that was a Sunday. I did, I, Saturday, I did drink on the Sunday. That was the Saturday. I thought it was the. Yeah, um, no, it was, it, was, it was the last night, wasn't it? Fuck, I was. Oh, me. I know, it, it was madness. It was. I, I still I still don't quite understand how it went from being Wednesday to then being Tuesday again. My, like quite, my, quite so quickly. My memory of that weekend is like a fucking Jackson Pollock, mate. <laughs> no, no point trying to fucking decipher any of it. Like a Christopher Nolan film. It's it's all there somewhere. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't really make sense. Pretty much. Uh, right, so we'll move on to our to our sex. So there, Drew McIntyre may get well soon. Um, just just don't eat anything dodgy. Like I mean, I don't yeah. know. I, I, having never like having never been that, I've never actually been that drunk in America. Um, I don't know what the sort of late night dodgy food of choices in, in the states because obviously over here it's it's the Donna kebab. Yeah, I mean to be fair, like a lot of like a lot of places in America seem to just be like like that. Seems to just be nicer anyway, don't they? Yeah. What does a Scottish Adonis eat at like three in the morning when he's had too many tinnies? Um in America. I mean, I imagine Drew just goes to like a nearby field and kills a cow with his bare hands. <laughs> just, slays, just slays a wild animal and consumes it. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. I mean he, he he's getting knee haggis over there, is he? No, knee haggis, unless he's making it himself. Yeah, just kill a sheep, make some haggis out of it. There you go. Uh, right, moving on. Um, bit of potential future sort of WWE title opportunity talk. Uh, so, a, a bit weird on Roman Reigns made a rare appearance at a house show this weekend. Fucking hell. Probably the house show that Drew wasn't on because he was, you know, going out of both, both barrels. Yeah, I mean AJ Styles is good at film filling the stuff. Look at when uh, we meant to get Bray Wyatt versus sorry, Sister Abigail versus Pumpkin Ballet. Yeah. And so yeah, so Roman Reigns made a Roman Reigns made a rare house show appearance up in Vancouver at the weekend and he had a match against AJ Styles. Um which is yeah. pretty cool. I'd, I'd I'd quite like to see that, I think. It looks like they're going that way. So uh, on Raw tonight at time recording, um there was like an exchange over the weekend between AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. Oh, um, right, okay. And now Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa are going to Raw on Bloodline Business to face AJ Styles. Nice. Now, obviously, uh, one of the things that these house shows can be used for, they sometimes use them to sort of test out guys to see if they've got any chemistry before they put them into programs with each other. Hmm. And let people get that, some reps in and stuff like that. That's why we didn't get Hogan and Flair at a, at a Mania, because they did that on a house, a house show loop. And apparently the reaction wasn't great. So they, oh, right, they just so, sucked. They're like, yeah, these guys can't do it. <laughs> Instead, they got Hogan versus Sid. I mean, yeah. <laughs> all, all, we also got Flair versus Macho Man, which was fucking banging. I, was I like, mean, yeah, that, that's that's the real like benefit. That's the real benefit. Of what came out of that, isn't it? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sound. So yeah, so we might be seeing uh, Roman Reigns versus Styles somewhere down the line. Uh, obviously, 
the big thing to remember is Roman Reigns is not at Extreme Rules, but he's then going to be fighting Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. That's his next real opponent. And so anything that happened will be after that. So you'd be looking towards like the end of the year, maybe day one, maybe sort of like I mean, sort of Survivor Series. If they're doing, if they're doing stuff like now, they they could potentially put it on Extreme Rules. Yeah, got two but, weeks. But, well, yeah. Roman, I don't think Roman's gonna. I don't think Roman's gonna turn up at Extreme Rules though. No, I don't. You don't. You don't need much build though for like. Roman age, let's be honest, they, they can just literally go, I'll remember this and just show like when AJ beat Roman in that few that time. Yeah. Uh, right then, next up and final piece of news that I told you it was really light on, on WWE News this week. Um, our final piece of news is uh, so this is this actually been quite, quite a fun one. Uh, Teddy Long, if, if you've been sort of following, if you follow a lot of wrestlers on Twitter and wrestling personalities, you know, something went a bit weird with Teddy Long's Twitter account this week, uh, and he's been blocking like scores of people, including like actual wrestlers, like so, like people like Anthony Bowens got blocked, uh, Rene Paquette got blocked, uh, like people who like who are verified, who are actual real people in the wrestling world, who you wouldn't expect to like be you know, trolling him or anything like that. Um, so like scores and scores of people, including actual wrestlers, were getting blocked by Teddy Long's Twitter account. Uh, he took to his own Twitter this week to explain that apparently. Um, his account was hacked, and that's why it also happened. Um, he said something to do with like when he was at the gym or something. He, and he 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 posted a picture, and he had like a massive weight racked on the rack, ready to go. I don't know if he was actually going to lift it, but it made, made it look like he was like pumping serious iron. It was great. It was it was a very Teddy Long thing to do. Did, did he at least get his money, player? <laughs> he got his money. Got Doc Gallows to pay him. <laughs> Uh, so he said in, in true Teddy Long fashion he's going to go on a couple of podcasts this week and talk about it a bit more yeah uh, the way I read that that he's putting the notes I thought he was doing it to plug a podcast like his own <laughs> it was all a, it was all a, a, a ruse basically he got no, himself hacked no yeah. not quite um, so yeah so there you go a little, a little fun story to finish on yeah Teddy Long so no one has to go one on one with The Undertaker well, didn't he post a video of him in the gym with the Undertaker when he uh, said he'd been hacked? <laughs> Whoever hacked him is going to go one on one with the Undertaker. Yeah, or in a tag team match. Or in a tag team match, player, 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 player. Oh, I love it. Oh, I'd, I'd love one more Teddy Long run. You know, I know he's like seventy-five now, but I'd love it every, one more time. Every time Teddy Long shows up, it's amazing. He's the fucking man. He did say, like, he was like, "Oh yeah, it made me trend for the third time." And I was like, "All right, okay, mate." The third time. Oh, we need we need more Teddy Long trending, just all the time. Uh, right, I think we'll move on then. Uh, that's what I'll do it for news. Like, like I said, not an awful lot to talk about this week. Uh, hopefully, I don't know something more explosive will happen in the next seven days, and we'll have like something to go on next week. But yeah, all the all the big stories are in the AW section this there, week. There, there was one interesting WWE thing that came out this afternoon actually that we haven't touched, we oh, haven't done, which is a uh, Via Mahan has been relegated to NXT. Yes, Veer is going, and apparently, um, apparently he was he reunited in this year at an NXT show. Oh right, okay. Maybe so, that's an indication of what's going to be happening. So, what was the point of all of that? Don't worry about it. <laughs> just oh well. Just now we've got like two big Indian the lads on NXT, which will be nice. Yeah, uh, that's fun. That'll be cool. They can beat up uh, your boy Zach Gibson. It's, it's Rip Fowler. Rip Fowler, sorry. Spooky Eye Rip Fowler. Rob Malarkey, as Joe says. 
Uh, right, yeah, we'll move on to the coverage of this week's row. Uh, so yep. obviously last Monday's row, uh, and we start again. We just, it just again, we keep saying this. It's I'm starting to notice, and we'll talk about it a little bit when we get to SmackDown because I, I I go through all the notes and sort of write down like the matches and stuff. I've noticed a bit of a divergence in sort of the way they've they started to book both shows. Uh, so Raw seems to be the show where every match gets like 10, 15 minutes at least, mm-hmm. and they just get really good wrestling on there now, which. Considering that the toilet that Raw was in at the start of the year, yeah, this is a massively like massive turnaround. There's still a few gripes. We'll talk about them here. Um, Bobby Lashley defeats Seth Rollins in the opening match for the US title. I mean, Bobby Lashley, he's just he's just a workhorse of this of this show now, isn't he? This match was tremendous as well. Like it was genuinely like could have been on pay per view. Yeah, Bobby, um, Bobby Lashley's just doing the Lord's work, like defending this US title yeah. on TV. I, I think. The, the way Triple H has kind of like rehabbed the image of like the US and it's gone title in such a short amount of time. Brilliant. Like it feels like a big deal for the first time in years. Yeah. Uh, anything anything stand out about the match for you? Anything you want to particularly talk about? Yeah. There was a really cool spot where Seth goes for the curb stomp and Bobby Lashley just like planted his hands and like so he runs up, he goes for it and then like he just kind of stops and he's like looking down like confused like what's going on and Bobby just kind of like stands up and looks at him and sets himself must be because um, I kind of bounces off basically pretty, well no he just he just st- he just stops like still and lastly just stands up and Rollins just looks terrified yeah fair. Um, that'll do it yeah it, this was really good like these two had so much good chemistry I'd love to see them go again Um, did end with a uh, basically Riddle can continuing the Rollins feud and uh, coming out distracting Seth uh, as Seth kind of kind of had it in the bag. I, I, if I remember rightly, I think Seth low blowed Bobby and then like Riddle's music hit. Right. And then from the distraction, Lashley just made them with the spear. Oh, fair. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next up then, it feels like I write this, uh, this sentence every week. Damage, <laughs> damage control promo, Bianca, Asker and Alexa. Yeah. Like, it feels like um, I literally write that every week. Yeah, so there was an interesting thing that Alexa Bliss said in this, um, where she said to Bailey, you feel like you're 10 feet tall. Um, Obviously, lyrics from a certain Jefferson Airplane song. Yes. Um, More on that later. Well, actually, we could, to be fair, we could just... Actually, no, we'll, we'll do it later, because I'll, I'll go into it in depth with my theory. Um, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it in the SmackDown coverage because that's when everyone got blue bored, wasn't it? So, well, I'll I'll, I'll talk about. I'll, I'm going to talk about it with Raw purely because I think that's where we're going with it. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Speaking of theories, next we got Kevin Owens defeating Austin Theory. Um, yep. After uh, Johnny Gargano distraction, Johnny basically stole the money in the bank briefcase and. Uh, then theory like got distracted. No, if you think a lot of these matches are ending with distractions, then hold on because we've got more coming. Oh yeah, um, again, really fun match. Uh, it Johnny after the match dropped the money in the bank briefcase onto theory's uh, winky. Mm. Um, just, just do it for the kids, mate. Doing it for the kids. Um, yeah, it 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 was no different. No different from the previous Kevin Owens and Theory match. It was good. 
they have again. They've again, we talked about this the other week, but Kevin Owens, another one of these guys who's really stepped up in, since in the, under the new regime and like hit it out the park like every time. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's been brilliant. Um, and yeah, uh, as I say, not on, not on to report it. It was it was a good match. Um, but no different from the match they previously had. Like the. They didn't, they didn't add anything to what they'd already put on the table, sort of thing. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's, t- it's a TV match. It doesn't need to change yeah. the world, does it? You know, it just needs to be solid wrestling. And I think it went about yeah. sort of 13, 14 minutes as well, which is, again, it, yeah. it, back in six months ago, this would have been three minutes with a break in the middle. Three minutes with a break in the middle, yeah. Um, um, yeah, this was this purely just like a vehicle to move the Johnny Gargano theory feud along. Yeah, and it's fine. I mean, it's obviously building towards... I don't know if they're going to do it for the briefcase. It's obviously building towards Gargano like, versus Theory. I mean, I'd like I'd like I'd Johnny like to end up with the briefcase. I think that'd be a lot better than Theory having it, but... Just give us Johnny versus Roman. That'd be fucking boss. Yeah. I mean, you'll get murdered, but you'll 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 die in the most noble way, which will be fun. I'll kick out with everything at least once, though. Yeah. Um... Yeah, after this, we got the Brawl and Brutes versus Street Profits. So, is this just a sort of heat up the Brutes before they went for the users on SmackDown? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, they look good. Um, Rich Holland, I've never thought he was a bad wrestler, but he's been kind of like unlucky with obviously the big injury has kind of like taken them a bit. Um, he did almost kill Gargano in NXT as well. Yeah, and he also like got his leg completely fucking destroyed in NXT by Biff Buser. Yes. Uh, but he's uh, he's I've always thought he's really good. He's just kind of needs work. Um, I think putting him in the tag team with people is a really good idea because it kind of gives him. It takes a lot of like the kind of like leg work off him because Pete Dunne does all like the work rate stuff, and then he bridge goes in. And just I mean, busy. Pete Dunne does leg work, wrist work, finger work. Yeah, you know he does it all. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. He, he works everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to see somewhere down the line Pete Dunne versus Montez Ford in a singles match because yeah, they the the few moments they had in this match they were just like awesome. Um, yeah, this is a really fun match. Uh, Brawl and Brutes finish is very cool. It's basically Ridge go, goes for like a power slam um, into like a well, it, it's like a power slam into like a reverse DDT, and as he's bringing them down, like Pete Dunne just kicks them in the head. Oh, it's okay. Pretty cool. Um, a little bit like chasing the dragon, but kind of different. Yeah, but instead of it being a, a brain buster, it's more like, a, as I say, like a yeah. slamming but reverse DDT, and okay. also it's a roundhouse kick, not a. Oh, it's okay. Not a, not a super kick. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. After that, then we had uh, Rey Mysterio doing a bit of promo work, basically saying about how he's never going to speak to Dominic again or something like that. How do I reach these kids? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Yeah. Any notable about this? I completely forgotten about it. <laughs> Fair enough to know that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Next up, following on from that, Judgment Day promo. Uh, a lot of Judgment Day on the show. I mean, it's been a lot of Judgment Day on the show in recent weeks, really, hasn't it? Yeah. Um. The they. I think there's a reason behind that. Um. I think that they're going down the rabbit hole. Right. Uh, so basically, uh, earlier in the show. A QR code come up, and um, if you scanned it, it took you to a site that said "Come with me," and it was like the White Rabbit uh, showing like a video for about thirty seconds, um, 
and at the end it said feed your head. Uh, I think the I, I can't even remember the first one now. What happened? Didn't it? Oh, it was um, it was Hangman, um, and it, it said like who killed the world, and the first five letters they go to pick is demon, right. and then it eventually spells out you did uh, in the same font as a Bray Wyatt shirt that says find me on it. Um, I'll I'll go into the SmackDown bit now as well. Because okay, before you do that, can I present my theory very quickly? Oh. Just a very quick one. So White Rabbit. Oh. Yeah. yeah. A song by the band Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. Jefferson Airplane later became Jefferson Starship. Yeah. Who's he, finisher? Yeah. It's Starship Pain. It's jo- it's Johnny it's Johnny Drip Drip. He's coming back. Don't, don't do this to me. <laughs> the drip stick, mate. He's gonna come out the rabbit hole and drip stick everybody. Oh thank you. <laughs> go on, yeah. go, take it take it away with your more considered uh, opinion. Yeah, so um that's the first thing obviously links Finn Balor, the demon. Um and then the one the one they put on it, oh it also said nine twenty three. It said like it said it as a date and then it said it as a time. Right. Which led to everyone thinking that it was gonna be SmackDown because it was the twenty third of September. Um at nine twenty three. That's the but, second that's the second hour of SmackDown, right? It was yes, it was um yeah, it would have been like the, the segment that was basically after the hour. Right. That um more on that later. Uh, no, the, normally in a two hour show, like twenty past the second hour is considered like the death spot, isn't it? Like that's like Yeah, I think that's why they were kind of trying to get it like put a bit of focus on that time anyway. Yeah. Um on at 9.23 during this show, which I believe would have been the Brawl and Brute Street Profits match, someone walked through the crowd with a sign with the QR code on as well. Oh, right, okay. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really unique approach. Um, I'll it's very to... it's it's very modern for, for WWE, isn't it? Yeah. Um, basically, uh, during SmackDown as well, there was a lot of backstage segments with Hit Row and during two of them, another QR code flashed up uh, with um, one on the screen, one on like a, ta- a table. Uh, that led to a, um, a like ARG game. So it was, you could actually control it where you make the white rabbit go through a maze, oh, avoiding right. avoid flames. Uh, and then they go th- if you go down the rabbit hole in the middle, it then leads to coordinates for which was Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, which is where Raw is tonight at Tamara recording. Right, okay. Um and it said one of two words, either patricide, which is obviously killing of a father, dominant mysterio, or coal, which I think that's just like a, a kind of a bit of a red herring. Uh, Michael, was, Michael Cole's coming back as the road GM. No, it was in like the the item coal, not not C O L E. Right. Um and then also like the went the rabbit goes through a red door uh, at the end. Um Troy pointed out as well that uh the the music playing over it was the same drum beat as like when the fe- when the fiends are uh, sort of uh squeal and shit come when come on. Um 
and then the the one that's going to be on tonight got leaked. Um, where basically the I can't remember exactly what happens, but the the kind of takeaway is there was a purple uh, clubs symbol. Yeah, from um like deck cards. Uh, obviously, purple being the color of the Judgment Day, and the rabbit gets swept away in a riptide, Rhea Ripley. Um, it, did, it did say something else as well, but I can't remember what. So it, it's all, all signs are kind of pointing towards the White Rabbits coming after Judgment Day. Uh, obviously, we don't know who it is, but it's heavily surmised that it's going to be Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very cool what they're doing. I I was I was saying on on SmackDown because obviously like it, it didn't appear on SmackDown. I I said to Ryan, I kind of like the fact that it's like leading you astray a bit because it's it's almost like you're going down the rabbit hole of well, where's this going? Where's yeah. this leading me? For, for the White Rabbit, also the White Rabbit and Alice in Wonderland's always late, so that's kind of like another cool thing you can add to it. Um. Yeah, it, it's just very unique. Uh, anyway, this Judgment Day promo. <laughs> well, well, hang on, hear me out. One, one last theory before you uh, before we move on from this. I swear so, to God. So you said, you said one of the things was Cole. Now, Cole, yeah. you get Cole from Santa at Christmas if you've been bad. Yeah. Who played a demonic Santa Claus in a Hollywood mo- in a movie? Bill Goldberg. No, thank you. Santa Slay. Check it out. Um, um, it's terrible. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's coming back. If the fiends coming back, Goldberg's coming back to fucking squash him again, mate. Don't worry about it. I mean, also, Kane was Meg Lem was the Christmas creature, which was just like, oh, yeah, but he's like, he's being irresponsible with politics now, isn't he? So he's too busy. Yeah, that's true. He's too busy, like, trying to ban abortions. Yeah, but Balls Mahoney was Santa Claus, but he's dead, so really... yeah, I mean, if he's, um, if he's still kicking around, this is all a long con, then that's that's some fucking hell. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we'll move on to, to, to the actual Judgment Day promo. Yeah, um, Dominic Mysterio got nuclear heat in this <laughs> every time he tried to what? because because he is Dominic Mysterio. Yeah, um, yeah, he kept he kept they were, basically they were talking about being a family. Um, every time Dominic tried to speak, he get booed out the fucking building like. It was it was it was almost like Roman when he uh, after he beat Undertaker at Mania when he come out on Raw and like he was just getting booed for fucking ages. Yeah. Oh god. Um, it was like that level of nuclear heat. Um, and yeah, they take a family picture. This leads to Balor and Damian Priest versus Ray and um, Riddle. Uh, Dominic distracts Ray by basically he, he like. He, he wants he wants Ray to hit him, doesn't he? Basically, with the chair. Yeah, there was like the Bray Wyatt thing as well, which is why I think it's Bray. Mm. Got, uh, where he like falls on his knees and puts his hands out, like when Bray, when Bray did the Cena. Yeah, and he's like, "Hit me, hit me." Um, Daddy likes then, it. Like, yeah, and then Ray drops the chair, goes in the ring. Finn hits him with a sling blade. Coup de gras picks up the win. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, yeah no, another distraction win if you keep, if you keep him in a if you keep him tally. Even track indeed another one. Uh, next up, then we have Miz TV. Uh, the, the best thing we learned from this is that Miz punched a minion at his daughter's birthday party. <laughs> yeah, because he thought it was Dexter Lewis. 
it's fucking great. Um, <laughs> I, I really like this feud. It's so good. Miz is doing so much good work with it as well. Like, he's like the perfect foil for Dexter to be a creepy, like, fucking well, serial. There was a chance, wasn't it, like, if you killed Steve from the crowd? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so as Miz is talking, um, you see, like, a knife come through the ring and, like, Dexter Lewis cuts, cuts a hole in the ring. Um, and tries to pull Miz in. Uh, Champ for some reason, Champa was outside the ring. I think like when he sees Loomis come in, he throws himself out of the ring. Yeah. Um, and then like he starts pulling Miz in. Champa like kicks Loomis in the head. Loomis falls into the ring. Um, and then like Miz goes like ca- kind of like the sort of like Elmer Fudd going after Bugs Bunny. Then he goes and looks over the hole. Dexter pops his head out and Miz and Champa just like leg it. Um, <laughs> it, it was a really entertaining segment. Um, I think this uh, is the best thing on Raw at the moment. It, it is. It 100% is. It's so good. Uh, the whole like connotations of what did Loomis do to Miz as well. Um, it's, it's just brilliant. It's, it's really good. M- Miz unraveling, as I say, he's kind of like the perfect foil for this feud. Yeah, because he's kind of a bit goofy, but like tries to act serious and like. Yeah, this is, this is like the other way around, and it's like, yeah, it's yeah, it's, like if, if it ends with Miz in like a darker place, then it could be quite interesting. Yeah, ju- just with them being so over the top as well, um, and like Ch- Champers, Miz is kind of like heavy. He's just fucking brilliant as well. Yeah, I, I wasn't really into it at first. I was a bit like, oh, why, be, why are you putting Champer with Miz? But the way they are as a team is just brilliant. They 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 have really good like kind of like chemistry together, um. After this, we got just another Judgment Day promo. Shit, it when, whenever the Judgment Day on around, everyone should be asking, "Where's Judgment Day?" Yeah, they they like they like to roar what the trust busters are on AEW Dark, where they're always fucking there. Yeah, and it's like oh, you don't need all of the trust busters all of the time. We don't need it's to fine. always. We don't need to always know what the trust busters are doing. We don't always yeah. need to know what the Judgment Day are doing. Yeah, um, th- this was interesting because I feel like they've kind of gone in a different direction now so basically as they're walking off um dominic says he wants to go to one of damien priest's sex parties so as they're going to go do that um they see aj styles and finn Balor. like i'll I'll be right right back goes over and talks to aj and like offers him a place in the judgment day and aj doesn't say no they do, do they like do bullet club things they do bullet club things yes um it like finn goes to too sweet aj um, and he's like, I've always got your back. Um, e- even though Finn and AJ both went in the Bullet Club at the same time, yeah, then like yeah, they, they had they had literally zero interaction in New Japan. Yeah, like Finn Finn got kicked out of the Bullet Club by the Young Bucks, and then the same night AJ Styles debuted. Yeah, as as the new leader, so, so he literally. Usurped Finn in the Bullet Club, and so they, they have no li- reason. They have no reason to be friends. They were literally passing ships in the night. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, ba- basically, Finn offers AJ a place in the in the Judgment Day, and AJ doesn't say no, and like kind of like ponders on it. I thought they were going to use this as a way to kind of bring AJ and his Ray's partner for this feud. Yeah. But who knows? Um. It's a perfectly good Matt Riddle right there, mate. Yeah, he's fuming with Rollins. Also, actually, after this, which we don't have in the notes, there was a backstage segment with um, Riddle and Rollins getting pulled apart. 
and uh, Riddle challenging Seth Rollins to a fight pit match, which if you've seen the fight pit in NXT, should be good because yes. it's ba- basically it's just like a a cage, like o- almost almost like um like when you in like a fighting game when you see like people standing over a cage watching a cage fight like going on below, um. So it's like a it's like a sunken in cage. There's a platforms around the top. Usually, what happens is people will brawl on the way to it, and um, yeah, it's it's a cool cool concept. It's it's another sign that another sign that Triple H is uh, getting some of his toys back onto the is, main roster. Is it just a Lions Den match? No, because it's <laughs> it's it's similar. But right. it's a, it's a uh, it's a bigger structure. Um, I know what you mean. It's like, it's like it's like when you see like underground fight clubs in like Eastern Europe in films, and it's always yeah. like in like a swimming pool or something. And like, yeah, um, yeah. If you if you want to w- go back and watch them, there's there's been two previously. Uh, one with Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle, which was Riddle's last match in NXT, and one with Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher, which was fucking banging. Oh, nice. Uh, would recommend that. If you want to kind of get yourself clued up on what the fight pit is, because it's it's a it's a really exciting stipulation. The way it worked in NXT makes me wonder how they're going to do it on main roster, though, because the way they did it in NXT was base basically they put it in like a segment of the crowd. Um, so they just they just took like some of the seats out and put yeah. like the fight there. So how they're going to do it in? On main roster, whether they do it like backstage or they, whether they, they could do it like AEW did with the uh, MMA fight, where they just had it like at the side of the stage. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Maybe, um, but yeah, it was. It's it's a cool, cool concept. I'm excited for it to show up. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, the main event um, weirdly was just Bailey beating Alexa Bliss after the coach, yeah, which seemed the like main, a bit of a bit of a come down. The main talking point in this match was that um, there was. A bit where Michael Cole said that Alexa, not Michael Cole, Jimmy Smith, um, said that Alexa Bliss was a shade of a former self, and when he said that the lights went down and then on again, oh, okay. um, so obviously again more kind of bray connotations, spooky nonsense, spooky nonsense, um, yeah, th- this this was a match that happened, uh, just kind of, le- it led to basically Bailey's. Bailey called out Bianca Belair for a title match at Extreme Rules, which is what's happening. Right, okay. And it was with Bailey beating one of Bianca's friends. Um, Fair. Yeah. Right then, yeah, we'll move straight on to SmackDown. Um, we, yeah, start with the, we start with the Bloodline, a little promo. Um, see bits and bobs there. Great. This was so good. So, like, Roman, basically, Roman just doing Roman things. He gets Solo to acknowledge him, which Solo does. Begrudgingly. Because um, he. Yeah, sort of. well, there's like a bit of tension there, isn't it? What was interesting was Roman says, like, the elders sent you, as if to say, like, I didn't want you to join. You got sent to help me out because Jimmy and Jay weren't allowed in the UK. Um, yeah, basically, yeah. But it, it was interesting the way he kind of, as I say, he said it. He said it as if to say, you were sent on my behalf. I didn't ask you to come. Right. And then, yeah, Solo begrudgingly acknowledges Roman. Um, and then Sammy 
gets the mic gets on the mic and he's like, uh, Roman, I just also want to say I acknowledge you too as my tribal chief. And Roman's like, Sammy, why are you wearing that bloodline shirt still? And like tells him to take it off. And Sammy's kind of like hesitating and Roman's like, so you're not listening to what I'm saying? Take off the shirt. Jay so it's like frothing at the mouth at this point. You rip some <laughs> shit off. And Sammy's just looking like devastated in the ring. And Roman like pulls out his pocket like another shirt, which says Sammy Zane, honorary use. And he goes, wear this one instead. And Sammy Aww. puts it on. Uh, Jay, Jay Uso's having like a fucking existential crisis at this point. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good memes of Jay Uso like looking devastated by it. Sammy hugs Solo. He does like his little handshake with Jet with Jimmy. Hugs Roman um, for an uncomfortably long time amount of time, and Roman like looks angry about it. I've seen this like so. Sammy Zayn and Solo Sokoa are like the odd couple tag team I didn't know I needed. Yeah, I, I really want them to beat the Usos for the tag titles. <laughs> or great, or a good way to split up the tag titles is just have the Usos give them a set of tag titles. Yeah. And then have Sammy and Solo defend one set, and then have them. But they won't do that. Um, yeah, Sa- uh, Sammy was just brilliant in this. I I feel like we're gonna get a festival of friendship level betrayal on Sammy at some point, and it's gonna be devastating. Yeah, but this was this was really good. Um, yeah, then um, that leads to the first match, which was Lib Morgan beating Lacey Evans. This was a nothing match. Lacey Evans brought a kendo stick in, Liv hits Oblivion to win. Um, she then, like, does a murder on Lacey with the kendo stick. Um, after teasing, like, she was scared to use it. Lacey Who, Evans was, was, was... Isn't this the same thing they did with, like, Bailey a few years ago? Yeah, only Bailey was too scared to use it, and then Alexa Bliss did a murder on her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. This this happened. It was fine. Um, Fair. Not after that, we got a little promo package just showing that the Usos have been tag champs for forever, and like they're gonna surpass Demolition's title reign at some point. Well, and and New Days and New Days. Well, yeah, Demolition's first, and then New Days a few days later. Yeah, I think they're two weeks away from doing it. So, oh right, okay. So that's definitely gonna happen then. Probably will. Yeah. Um, Next up, do you like another squash match? Uh, New Day defeat Max with their models in like two minutes. There was a good little backstage segment before this, actually, um, with Sami Zayn, Ricochet, and Madcap Moss, where like Ricochet, Ricochet, and Madcap Moss were calling Sami a stooge and were like the the bloodlines using you, and then Solo Sokoa surprised motherfucker the pair of them and just killed them both. Fair. Um, yeah, he repeatedly slammed Ricochet's head into like a. A garage door. Oh, I saw this. This is where Ricochet like carried on after he stopped as well. Like... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and like Sammy, Sammy said, um, "You're dealing with the bloodline now," which Xavier Woods then dubbed into D'Lo Brown's music, which was fucking tremendous. <laughs> yeah, prevails once again. Um, yeah, New Day Maximum Males models, not. A nothing match really, just a match to get New Day a win. Um, after the match, Max Dupree was like incensed. He's screaming at them all. He throws his jacket at um at Maxine, and then he storms off. Um, acting a, a lot more like LA Knight, which I'm excited for because oh, okay. great. Um, yeah, 
and then we got Braun and Otis in a hoss fight, which was actually pretty all right. Um, because of the way they kind of just just because the way they, they kind of like built up to it, like they they had it where um going into the break before this match, they were like reinforcing the ring, um, and then it was it it wasn't too long; it was about just under ten minutes. Um, yeah. but it was it was it was fun. Um, it was a bit where Braun does that thing where he runs around ch- the ring with sans trains train noises, and uh, because obviously full because Braun fell over, um, the first time he he did it when he come back, uh, Chad Gable throws himself on the ground to try and trip him up, <laughs> and Braun just stops and then like murders Chad. Um, Fair enough. And, like like that he. He hits it on both Braun and o- on both Chad and Otis, and at near the end of the match, Otis like powders over the uh, announce table, and then he, he yeets yeets Chad into the timekeeper's area. But like, it was like when Keith Lee threw Isaiah Cassidy, yeah, like that big, it he just launched them. <laughs> um, Otis hits all his stuff, Braun kicks out, and then power bombs Otis for the win. Fair, um, yeah, fun match. Uh, after that, then we had the aforementioned um, Drew and Karrion Cross promo. Drew is suffering from the food poisoning. He, he, in yeah. fact, Drew is so ill that when Scarlet throws a fireball, I'm completely missing. <laughs> so apparently, um, normally WWE will like bring this stuff in with them, um, so they can make sure it's like where it, it's like fully gimmick sort of thing. Apparently, it was like a last-minute decision they made. Um, and basically, they they brought it, like, they bought it in, like, last minute. So, they didn't have a chance to, like, do a test run with it. Yeah. Did they get it off the what... guy who did that chair for Cody? Yes. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's that's why it went so wrong. Because when she did it, it the way... The way it looked, it was almost like she'd like sprayed something in Drew's face, which I thought would have been more effective anyway. Yeah. Um. To to the credit of Drew and Cross, the kind of like the the a lot of quick thing can happen where like because that was apparently meant to end the segment. Where whereas like obviously because it missed Drew, then was like just acted like it, it kind of like stunned them in a sense where it was just the shock of it, and then ends up like fighting off carrying Cross, and then Cross gets him in the um. In the cross jacket, um, they, this was done to set up a strap match between Drew and Cross, which uh, Cross accepts. All right, um, for extreme rules. Yeah, uh, yeah. They did a little preview where Drew, Drew basically after attacking Cross, puts them both on straps, like the strap on both of them, and then does like strap things. Um, and yeah, this this is what led into the nine twenty three, which right. The big, okay. The grand reveal of the white rabbit, and we got a commercial break. Um, I mean, Crowing Cross was a white rabbit in Lucha Underground. He was, he was. What if, what if it's just the the rabbit tribe? That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> I'd love that. Um, but yeah, it 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 led to nothing. As as I say, I think that the cool thing about it is that with the whole Alice in Wonderland connotation, the white rabbit's always late. Yeah, so that was kind of like my sort of like mental explanation of the whole thing. Where I was like, "Well, yeah, the white rabbit's always late, 
if they're saying a time, it's definitely not going to be that time. Fair. Uh, yeah. Right then, moving on. Another sort of throwaway match. Rico Rodriguez beat Dakota Kai in a couple of minutes. Yeah. Shotty um, came down to distract uh, Dakota, and then Raquel got the win. By a roll up, which. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of sort of non like nothing matches on this episode of SmackDown. Like nothing really in the ring. A lot of things happened to push it around for, but none of it was bell to bell. Yeah. Um, I think the thing with SmackDown is it's all about the bloodline. Like it's very. There's there's not really a whole lot else that happens that's not to do with the bloodline. It's weird though because like SmackDown was always the better wrestling show. Yeah. Where it's, 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 it's strange how that sort of flipped around in the last couple of months, which is yeah, kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And, and saying that, we, we do get one sort of meaty match, which is the main event. So the Usos defend against the Brawling Brutes for the you, tag titles. You forgot to, you forgot to put a, a distraction in there, mate. The Usos, well, the Usos won because of an Imperium distraction. Oh, did they? I didn't even know. Yeah, Imperium um, attacked Sheamus at ringside. Um, but by the way, this match was fucking amazing. It was really good. Yeah, probably probably the best match on all of WWE TV, in my opinion. It was really good, bang, like banging match. Um, oh, Pete again, Pete Dunne's just fucking awesome, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, Sammy and Solo ringside, and Sheamus like kind of like go go walks around to like sort of like deter Sammy from interfering. And um, Imperium attack Sheamus and beat the shit out of him, which then leads to Ridge and uh, Pete Dunn chasing off Imperium, going back in the ring, and uh, the Uso, well, the Usos diving on them, and then the Usos hitting the finisher oh, to pick up the win. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Um, but yeah, it was a really fun match. Would recommend. Sweet. Uh, right then, that'll do us for the WWE section. We'll have a quick break if you're on Jack's radio. If you're not, get on it. Uh, we got some banger music. We're going to have some Limp biscuits and some System of a Down. And then we'll come back in a few minutes and give you the AEW goodness. So we'll see you in a second. And we're back. Okay, so we're going to go quickly through some AEW news. A few bits and bobs here. A lot of, uh, lot of most a lot of conjecture and hearsay, but we, we like a bit of that, don't we? Um, yeah. And then we'll move on to Dynamite and Rampage Grand Slam editions. So it's been a big old week of wrestling over in AW. Uh, we'll talk all about that in a sec. Uh, so first of all, um, bit of AW contract news. So Buddy Matthews announced that he's taking some time away from wrestling. He announced this at an indie booking, I believe, like after his match in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he basically later confirmed this. Uh, and he also confirmed that he's asked AW for his release as well. Yeah. Um, he then he then debunked that it was in order for him to go back to WWE. Which obviously, I mean, in fairness, even if it is, he's not going to say that, is he? Yeah, I mean, his girlfriend Judgment Day. So well, someone said like there's been a lot of talk about people leaving AW this week, and I think it was Brian Alvarez said, yeah, if you look at all the people who sort of talked about it, it's all the people who have got partners in WWE who kind of maybe want to go back. Mm. So like Malachi, a- Buddy, oh. Andrade's been rumored. Has he? Yeah, well, he, he sort of intimated that he'd been contacted, but he didn't give anything either way. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Next next bit, I mean, don't read anything into this, but Pro Wrestling Noah have announced that Sting will team with the Great Muta in Muta's last match on January 22nd, 2003 in Yokohama, Japan. 
That'd be fun, won't it? For no reason whatsoever, Sting and the Great Muta together. Can't think why that happened. Well, they they had like big, big feud in WCW in the eighties. And the idea that if they've had a, a storied history, I think is the way to put it. They've, they've teamed together. Yeah. They've fought each other. Yeah, they've they've always been around, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Which they is have. crazy. Crazy thing, Great Muta. Like I thought, he'd, I, I simultaneously thought he retired ages ago, but and also thought he'd carry on forever. Yeah. Hey, um. Hey, I've been around for like such a long time. Yeah. Top guy. Um, Wade Keller, top lad of PW Torch, has reported that he doesn't expect CM Punk to return to AEW. While he notes that nothing is 100% set in stone, he said he expects AEW to buy out Punk's contract. Yeah, so the surprise of no one. I mean, this is probably the best way legally to resolve the situation, but so no one can really sue anyone. Punk gets his money, AEW gets to sort of just move on. And we can all just sort of forget it ever happened. We can just say, oh, wasn't Punk in AW a nice one-year thing? And we'll just, like, leave it there. Yeah. Did, did you see um, the thing that was doing the rounds on Twitter this week of uh, Punk's comments about The Rock coming back? Yeah. <laughs> Age like milk. Oh, yeah. Uh, speak, keeping up with CM Punk, uh, also, sort of clearing on this is Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Observer Live. Uh, he basically this this none of what he said here looked good for Punk. So it's been a bad week for CM Punk in, in rest, if wrestling news is to be believed. Uh, he basically claimed that Punk's side have backed down from a lot of the initial claims they made about the fight at the end of All Out. Uh, basically, the Young Bucks did not quote kick down the locker room door, and not only did they enter with AEW's head of legal Mega Perek, but also uh, head of talent relations Christopher Daniels. So the Young Bucks basically brought the right people. The, the Young Bucks basically approached the situation completely professionally. And Punk just chose violence, apparently. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, quite crucially, which could have implications, both sides also agree that Punk threw the first punch. Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest, the Young Bucks aren't going to fucking throw, throw hands, are they? No. Christian boys. So yeah, I think the ground is rapidly sinking under, under CM Punk in terms of the moral high ground here. I wonder if uh, Dog and Human form Ace Steel is going to uh, get fired soon. Human Vice Grip Ace Steel. <laughs> Human Jack Russell Ace Steel. <laughs> I mean, we, we all saw Kenny's fucking heart arm last week, didn't we? Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I love the fact that one thing the fight was said was um, <laughs> there was a joke going around that, like, when he said Kenny got bit, everyone assumed it was Larry the Bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kenny got the dog out of the way and then got bit by an actual human. The, the most on-brand thing of the whole bit is that Kenny Omega's first thought was, I've got to get this dog to safety. Yeah. yeah. It is somehow the most Kenny Omega thing you could you could possibly do. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. We, again, again, one of the things that um, both Wade Keller and Brian Alvarez both said in, in the sort of course of all this is that there's almost nothing coming out of AW about this. No one's talking. No one's saying anything. Like no one's spreading, no one's leaking anything. Like no one knows well, what's happening um, with the investigation. No, because like a an investigation that they're not allowed to talk about it at all. No, but no one's like even considering breaking that or like leaking any little tidbits out or anything like that. Mm. Which is interesting. Good to see that the company's back in like the the shit that the the sort of security's been tightened a little bit, which is quite nice. Uh, right, we'll move on then to talk a little bit about Grand Slam. So this is a big week, obviously. AW runs Arthur Ashe. I mean, got to hand it to AW. They always make this feel huge. Well, both times now they made it feel huge. Uh, they packed the venue out like massive. It was, I think, it was their biggest TV crowd, wasn't it? Yeah, 
It was the first time they've ever had a TV gate over a million dollars as well, which was, was pretty cool. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they said it was the biggest gate ever. Biggest gate ever? Okay. Quite cool as well. They actually, the guy who bought the ticket that took them over a million dollars, they gave him a signed chair from all of the um, people in the tournament, in the, the title yep. tournament, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. Uh, right, so Dynamite opens up then. So every match on Dynamite was a title match, which was pretty cool. Yeah. So it felt really big. Uh, we opened up with Chris Jericho versus Claudio Castagnoli for the Ring of Honor World Championship. A bit of a bit of a maybe a bit of a upset here, but Chris Jericho picks up the win and he gets yeah, the edge. I was genuinely shocked that he beat Claudio. I thought there's no Claudio's first loss as well. Right? Yeah. Good I Jer- thought there's no way Claudio's losing to Jericho. Jericho gets the edge. It was a really good match. Um Jericho kicks out of the Ricola bomb, which was big. And he wins by low blown Claudio and then hit him with the Judas effect. Yeah. Um, and then and then he spent the entire time he was on commentary on Rampage claiming that he won the title with honor. He was an honorable champion. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great. He's just gonna be an absolute shit out with that, isn't he, forever? Yeah, this, this as well, this makes a lot of sense if the one ring of honor to get a TV deal. Um as much we, as we, we said this, didn't we, on Wednesday night? This this very much mm-hmm. smacks of like, right, okay, if you want to put Ring of Honor on TV, I'll give you Chris Jericho. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, um, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I hope it does lead to a Ring of Honor TV deal. I'm getting kind of like worried about Ring of Honor at the moment because it's like it's just there, isn't it? It's just kind of tread on water. Like nothing's like they're doing the they're doing the pay, the pay per views, like the you know the big sort of shows, but like there's nothing we obviously nothing we tweet, nothing's progressing, and it's it's kind of like eating up a bit of AEW's resources as well to sort of. Because they've got to, like heat the programs up before the shows, haven't they? So you've got to have like mm. a segment with Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal on Dynamite when like no one needs that really. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them get a TV deal soon. Um, I I don't know why they don't just like do it as like the YouTube shows. Yeah, just, I mean, I think, yeah, I, think, I, think I, I don't think they want to. I don't. I don't use the word devalue, but I think they want to sort of preserve the sort of sanctity of it for TV. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. I I was thinking they could do they could do it like a similar sort of route to like what NWA did with their power, where they put it on YouTube as like a free show for like a season, mm-hmm. and then the follow up season once it had got like a fan base, they basically did like the same thing that they do with Dynamite over here, where like they just like a monthly fee. Yeah, I mean, if if I could pay like on top of my on top of my AW Plus subscription, like an extra three quid to watch Ring of Honor weekly. I'd probably do that as well. Yeah, if they if they like bumped up AEW plus to like a tenner so you could watch Ring of Honor. Yeah. Right, with that. Uh, right then. Um next up. Oh and also signed Dalton Castle. What are you doing it? Um He already is. Is he is he confirmed? Yeah, yeah he got confirmed age ago. Oh is he? I, I know he's not had a graphic like the boy's got like an an orderly graphic but Dalton's not had one. Oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Someone said he was signed recently. I can't think who it was. Oh, fair. Yeah, that's all right. Then. As long as he sticks around, that's all I care about. Uh, yeah. That's the, the only thing I need on Ring of Honor is Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle. I, th- I think as well, like the fact that he was he was so over later on in Dynamite, like he, he's fine. Yeah. Uh, speaking of over, uh, next up we've got Swerve and Our Glory defending the tag titles against the Acclaimed. Uh, some ch- uh, so this is this is. Some stuff out here. So we had, um, oh, what was the name of the rapper who came out with Swerve? Was it DJ Who? 
whatever. You get woo, kid. No, he came up with the acclaimed. Oh, fuck knows. It was someone else, but they were they were pretty. I remember them. I remember them being a thing in like the early two thousands. It was a lot of early two thousands rappers on the show tonight. It it was all people that I'm not cool enough to know. <laughs> a couple of choice lines from Max Caster and his rap. The the one that popped up too was the most was saying that Keith Lee and Swerve looked like what was it a twenty ounce and two liter of Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't he call them to Moan and Pumba at one point as well? He did. Uh, he called them to Moan and Pumba back a couple of weeks ago, and then last week, um, Bowen said they were going to beat the Drake and Josh looking asses. How, how angry do you reckon Max Caster is that Ricky Starks beat them to Keaton and Kel? Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like he's probably really fucking angry about that. <laughs> so, yeah, acclaims versus swerving our glory for the tag titles. Uh, just at the start of this match, Keith Lee just does a Hurricane Runner to remind everyone that Keith Lee can do a Hurricane Runner. That he's Keith Lee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- this was this was awesome. It wasn't as good as the All Out match. No. But it it was never going to be. No, cause it's, again, it's a TV match. It was never going to top the first one. Uh, it was still fun, though. It was fine. Um, the, I mean, the crowd were red hot all the way through it. There was more teasing of Swerve turning on Keith. Yeah, well, he actually clocks Keith, doesn't he, with the boombox at one point? Yeah. Accidentally. But after the match, Swerve's like already halfway down the ramp. Yeah. He's kind of like considering shaking hands with the acclaimed, and then he sees Swerve's gone, and he's like, what the fuck? And just walks off. Yeah. Um, my only gripe about this, um, so the acclaimed win, and it's great because the crowd were red hot and they loved it. Um, two things: one, they didn't have the acclaimed scissor phone fingers ready for this because this should have been the time that you had these ready. Yeah, uh, and two, I wasn't a hundred percent down with the way that Billy Gunn got involved. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Though, because Swerve's kind of like teasing that he's going to hold a match with Billy now. Yeah, I mean, I can I can kind of understand it because Swerve was being a prick the entire match and he needed to get his comeuppance. Yeah, um, yeah. Swerve was fucking booed out the building. But I mean, if it, if he'd have like blindsided Billy earlier on or something, I think it would have made a bit more sense. Well, he did during the first match, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but it just like he got outside and then Billy got on his face and then he shot Billy and then Billy gave him a famous one. Yeah, and then that led to the win. Yeah, and then the... it was it was and it, it does for technical. So he got the famous one on the outside, then he got rolled in the ring. Uh, Bowens hit the arrival. Max Caster hit the mic drop, and that was it. Yeah. The pop when they won as well was huge. Yeah, well, it looked like they were going to win earlier on when um, they hit the Bowens hit like a, a brainbuster, and then Max went up for the for the elbow, and he, he just sort of fell off the top circle. The camera work yeah. was really shoddy for that. It didn't really show what happened very well. Yeah, so obviously, like because he because Swerve and Glory were working over Caster's knee. Yeah, for the whole like that's why. Well, it looked like he just fell off the top rope. But yeah, it was a fun match. Uh, obviously, you, I'm made up. I mean, it, they showed a, a thing on Twitter, and it was like two years ago when the acclaimed were coming out for their first match, like jobbing to best friends. Yeah, and now they're tag team champions, which is pretty dope. Uh, I'm really into that. Yeah, the acclaimed are awesome. Like, I love they, I, ev- everybody loves the acclaimed. Everybody loves the acclaimed. So well deserved as well. Yeah, you, 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 these, these are guys who have literally fought themselves up, brought themselves from the bottom, the fourth, all the way to the top, and now yeah, they're the champions. Uh, yeah, speaking they, of champions, they weren't, they weren't a team, were they, until they got No, no. Uh, Tony put them together as well, which was great. Uh, speaking of champions, backstage, we've got FTR, and they're bitching and whining about not getting a title shot. And who comes up to challenge them? It's the Ass Boys. Billy Ass and the Ass Boys. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. they just got a yes. really funny promo. Yeah, I mean, they I, somehow weirdly sort of 
without anyone really realizing, Colton's gotten really good on the mic. Yeah, Colton's just like the good one, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I I think I slightly prefer Austin in the ring. Oh dear, I think I think Colton's better. He's, oh, more, he's more fair, but yeah, it basically means that I think FTR and Aspoys are going to have a match, aren't they? Again, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. It was fine last time. It was good. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think they're holding off till FTR probably take the belts off the acclaim, the full gear. Yeah. Do you reckon that'll turn FTR heel again? Probably. I mean, I think it would. I, just, don't, know. Just, I don't know, though, because the two of the most over tag teams in the company. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what, how the crowd falls on that one. But then, I suppose, Swerve and our glory and the acclaimed are two of the most over ones in the company, and then everyone loves the acclaimed. So. Yeah. They, 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 like, we saw the reaction, didn't we, at um, Double or Nothing, at All Out, sorry, when uh, Swerve and Keith had to work heel. Yeah. Uh, all right, then, next up, Yuta comes out for an interview. They, they sort of phrase this, they're going to talk to Yuta about Claudio losing because he's been like Claudio's best buddy in BCC. Yeah. But MGF comes out, interrupts him. We were, we were, I was initially very concerned. Like, I was like, oh shit, like, Yuta's good. I like Yuta a lot. But you can't put him on the mic next to MGF because he will fucking smoke him. Yeah. And, and to be fair, Yuta did okay. Yuta did okay, and then MJF destroyed him. Yeah, as, as you'd expect. And then MJF cuts this massive promo about like how he should ask the Blackpool Combat Club for advice, and he gets to talking about Regal popping pills, and that's too much for Yuta. Yeah. He calls John Moxley a drunk as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so he, he says about Regal Pump Bill, so Yuta has it. He's just had enough, so Yuta shoves him. He shoves Yuta, then he needs, like, MGF needs to get heat at this point, so he shoves Tony. Yeah, he, he shoved Tony, and Tony, like, fell, like, onto his hands and knees, and then MJF pushed him over. Yeah. Like, he pushed him to the floor. Like, <laughs> the floor, like Which was just, the, just instant nuclear heat if you mess with Tony. Yeah, yeah and then Yuta and MJF start fighting. Uh, w Morrissey comes up and murders Yuta. Yeah, and then holds him up, and MJF hits him with the ring. Yeah, yeah, fair. I mean, it's good because it, it it sort of it was sort of telegraphing the results a bit because like um, MJF was focusing lots on Moxley last week in his promo, and he sort of he sort of came up more against the entire BCC at this point, which sort of let the finish of the main event more a bit more ambiguous. Yeah, and it made yeah. sense because whoever won was going to be a member of BCC. MGF has his guaranteed title shot, so it makes sense for them to sort of be at odds a little bit, which yeah, I really liked. BCC. Do what else I really liked? I really liked Pack versus Orange Cassidy. Yeah, this was fucking awesome. A lot of callbacks to their first match, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, um, a little bit shades of grey for Pack on it. He was he was obviously the heel in this. You match, say shades but... of grey? It was a full on heel turn by the Emmet. Yeah. Pat, so Pat hits Orange with like the hammer from that like, you used to hit the belt to win. Um, but like he looked absolutely like shook, like he'd seen some shit. And Bryce, Bryce was Bryce was like poking the bag on why is Orange dead? <laughs> Pat, like I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, someone put on Twitter. I think it was um, Emil from GCW said if uh, if AW used a, a YouTube clip of a bell sound, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> true. Man talks sense. So yeah, um, a really fun match. A really really good match. A lot mm. of a lot of callbacks. Like I said a lot of callbacks to the first match. Um, uh, Orange got out of the brutalizer, which was cool. 
Um, he hit an orange punch on Pac. Pac had to grab the ropes for that, and then he rolled out, and that's when he, he, he used I the hammer. I, I honestly thought that was it when he hit the orange punch. Yeah, it was it was great. It was really really good. Um, all right, moving on. Then we had the women's four way match. Tony Storm, surprisingly, Tony Storm retained against Athena, Serena, and Britt Baker. Yeah, this this was a really good match. Um, Britt broke her nose in the match. Yeah, she was gushing blood by the end of it. She loves she yeah. loves bleeding from the face, did she? Yeah, um, I can't remember what it was that happened to her. No, it just it just like popped up and there was just blood all over the, her face, and it was like, all well, right, okay. She got hit with something. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but like you see her go into the corner and Rebel and Doc Samson checking on it because I was like, fuck, Brit's fuck. Um, oh, I know what it was. It was um, Ember hit um, hit that move. Not Ember, sorry, Athena hit. She hit like a move where Brit was on her back and like she la- like dropped Brit like onto her face oh, right, and all okay. landed onto her face. So it was like a double hit of Brit hitting the mat, and then and then Athena like landed on her face. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, and then after the match, uh, Jamie Hayter comes to make the save for Brit. Well, she comes to challenge Brit. It looks like it looks like Brit's got a chair, and she's going to hit Tony Storm with the chair. And Jamie comes in, rags the chair off Brit, and then just turns around and starts booting Tony, and then says, "Points at Brit and says, this is my best friend.'" Yeah. And everything's fine. For now, and yeah. then some music, some new music starts playing. Yeah, some new music starts playing. Soraya, Soraya is in AEW. She runs out, despite the fact there's only one of her and like four heels in the ring. They all just fucking leg it. Yeah. Um, what What's interesting about this is that obviously she was medically disqualified by WWE. Yeah. Um, somebody. Somebody said that I can't remember who it was. Somebody said that she she was still not medically cleared, basically. And then she went to Twitter and went, well, "That's a load. That's a load of bullshit." She, she said, "She said, don't believe everything you read on the internet." I'll see you on Wednesday. Which I I I think my main concern is because what was notable was she didn't get physical at all. No, she just came out. She hugged. Athena and Tony Storm, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um. But it it did kind of allude to the fact that she's going to be. It's probably going to be a six woman tag match with those six. Yeah, which, which would be it should be a good way to bring her back in. She hasn't wrestled for a while, so it'd be a nice way for her to sort of get back into the ring and and sort of get back up to speed. Yeah, I just hope Annette's okay. Yeah, like I I don't want it as much as she just wants to be back. And she just wants to be around wrestling because, like, WWE really let her down in the sense where they didn't, they just stopped using a full stop. They just had to sit now with contract. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just hope that she's not rushing herself back in. I mean, you say that, but like, look at what Edge and Danielson are doing now, and like, I mean, yeah, but Edge waited like what eleven years till yeah. he actually came back, or nine years till he came back. Yeah, Dan- but- Danielson was more his concussions than his neck. True. Yeah, and he, even then, like it, it only the only reason he got like medically cleared was because he was like, "Well, I'm just gonna leave and go wrestle for Ring of Honor or whatever." Yeah, because I'm cleared by like everybody but your doctor. 
True. Yeah, I mean, hopefully with Soraya, it's uh, it's just a case of they need just just to be doctors being overly sort of fiddly again and not want to clear them. Yeah, I think the thing with WWE doctors is they don't want to. Uh, since since Benoit and rightfully so, they don't want to clear people when they probably shouldn't be cleared. Like yeah. they they want to cover their back as much as possible, which is fair. I mean, they'll let CM Punk nearly die of a staff infection, but you know, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> Uh, right, moving on to the main event. Uh, oh, motherfucker, what a match this was! This was tremendous. Um, in my opinion, because I'm very biased, I thought Danielson should have won, but the way they kind of like did it, where they protected them. Mm. Was, if, was, if, if, if we ever meet John Mox, I'll let you tell him that. That fucking would, <laughs> <laughs> he'd fucking end you, mate. He wouldn't have me. He's that nice fella. He'd probably just give me a hug. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, this match was fantastic. It was someone described it as very G1 style, which I think I kind of agree with. Yeah, it was it was fucking stiff. <laughs> um, what was what was good was, M- well, it was good for a bit, and then it got a bit fucking much, was MJF was in like the skybox watching the match. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we knew he was there. They didn't need to cut to him every like forty-five seconds. That was a little excessive. Yeah, that was, I, I criticized um, NXT UK did the match where it was I think it was Ginny and Kaylee Ray, and like they had like the entire like women's locker room watching the match, so they were got they kept cutting to them, and it got to the point where it was like it's detracting from the match a bit now, and I felt like that did that. Mm. That being said, it was still an amazing match. Um, that literally could have headlined a pay per view. Yeah, I mean, they, they obviously the last time they fought, they fought was on Revolution. And that's what um, brought, it's all come full circle. So when they first fought, the last time they fought, it's when William Regal made his debut, formed the BCC, and now it's all come back around and they're fighting again this time for the title. Yeah, I liked after the match as well a little callback where like Danielson was like looking dejected. And like Regal was like shake his hand, yeah, and then like shove, like shove him in the other like, we, we didn't quite see it because he cut the feet out, but like you saw it a little bit. So he, Danielson put the title on Mox as well at the end. Yeah, and then Mox basically like cut a promo saying like this is going to be his best run as champion after after the air match I mean, as well. He's, he's got to do something. Mate. He's not getting no holiday now. Like Renee's going to fucking murder him. Yeah. Um, Renee just ripping up the plane tickets, throw him in the bin. Yeah, what was a really cool story wrinkle to this as well was Danielson kept kicking out with the Death Rider. Yeah. And Re- Regal was like, Regal was like, um, well, yeah, they trained together. Of course, he's going to be able to get out of it. Even the one he got on the ramp, which was fucking sickening. That was vile. Like, he did <laughs> that and like, like slowly rolled to the ring. Like, but he, he just sort of slid down because the ramp was like, yeah. <laughs> Perspective uh, sort of slid down the ramp towards the ring, like like his body yeah. like washing up on the on the shore. It was it was horrible. Uh, I, yeah, I, I like about that like for Mox to. I, I like the kind of narrative for the Blackpool Combat Club because they know each other so well that for one of them to beat the other, they've essentially got to like choke them out. Yeah, they've got to like actually incapacitate them as opposed to just beat them. And it was a really awesome finish as well. So like Moxie got. Danielson the choke, and then he just sort of put all of his body weight onto him so he couldn't move. Yeah, because Danielson almost got out the first time, didn't he? After, yeah. After getting murdered on the ramp. Yeah. 
And then Mox just like sort of pinned him to the floor and like he just he just went out and that was it. It was a really good finish as well. Like Daniels passing out. It really felt big. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, like you yeah, say, but... it's it, on the one hand, there's there's sort of an, an argument to said, well, maybe you put the belt on Danielson because he's not had it yet. And he can just have a really fun, short little run, have some good matches. On the other hand, you go, yeah, but look at the year John Moxie's had. How can you how can you deny that, man? Yeah, I think as well, like M- MJF beating John Moxley's a bigger deal than MJF beating Brian Danielson. Yeah, and they've got that ready-built feud, haven't they? Because they've already fought before. Yeah, so, um, and and there's more kind of like demons for MJF to bring up in promos and be an arsehole about them. Yeah, with absolutely Danielson like that. What's he gonna say to Danielson? <laughs> you talk about apples being jizz. <laughs> yeah, you like looking after the planet. Yeah, you fucking hippie. <laughs> uh, you, you like looking after the planet. I for one love fracking. <laughs> I'm pro fragging. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Uh, right, yeah, that'll do it for Grand Slam Dynamite. Uh, we'll go on to Rampage then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we kick off with Sting and Darby Allen versus the House of Black, and this match was fucking bonkers. Oh, it was awesome. It was fucking. The, the initial shot as well of the House of Black making their entrance and Sting and Darby just walking behind them. Like, yeah. Not, not even <laughs> running in on them, just walking behind them. And then just going for them. Uh, at one point, Julia Hart jumps on Sting's back. She's trying to choke him out. And Sting's still beating the fuck out of Buddy. <laughs> yeah. It was so much fun. This was like a typical... I mean, like, you know, those like sort of Sting matches they sort of put on before the main events on pay-per-views to just sort of like cleanse the palate. Yeah. Where, where I, they're just like bonkers. I, you know what, right? I'm, I'm going to say this. When AEW announced Sting, I didn't think he was going to have a wrestling role. And when he did, I was like... God, I hope you can still go. I fucking love this run. Yeah, like for me, this is getting to the point where it's almost—it almost could be like the best run of his career, as far as like just banger after banger after banger. As far as pure entertainment is concerned, yeah, it's it's definitely getting up there. Yeah. So at one point, then Sting goes through a table because uh, Brody just like fucking annihilates him. That that he bust his head open as well, and the other one didn't he? Yeah, like oh, one of them broke, which was horrible. A lot of horrible table spots in this match. We'll talk a little bit about them in a sec. Uh, Sting then gets handcuffed in the ring. Um, Brody takes Darby up onto the stage. They're fighting up there. Oh, Darby hits a coffin drop off the entrance onto Buddy. Yeah. Which was sick. Then Brody goes to choke Darby out like he's done. He goes to hold him over the edge of the stage. And then Darby just like throws his body weight and sends him and Brody off the stage through like three tables. Uh, Darby legitimately splits his head open and has to get stapled back together after the match. Yeah, like the back of his head was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, was Brody okay after that? Because yeah, he was fine. He, he, he hit the tables. I think he was he was alright. Yeah. It, what was cool with that as well was the fact that like initially Brody was like trying to do this dropping Derby off the stage in the sleeper. Yeah. Yeah, Darby just like rolled his body weight and like sort of flipped them. Like he took them both down, like with with themselves, which is great. Uh, then, as Buddy's got Sting in the ring, he's got the baseball bat. Julia Hart's calling the shots. She's like sort of, I love Julia Hart sort of like taking this like sort of leadership role in the House of Black as well. Yeah. Well, they, they sort of did that, didn't they? Were like before Malachi left, where she was like the sort of messenger of Malachi. Mm. But now I, she she's she's become a lot more sinister. Like she's like the one, like almost it's she's like the embodiment of like whatever the spirit of the House of Black is. I I like I was gonna say I like the kind of like connotations that uh, Malachi is sort of like pulling the strings from afar, as yeah. opposed to 
there all the time. Uh, and her outfit was sick as well. It was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so Buddy's about to go run over Sting with his baseball bat. Uh, the lights go out. Sting's like sat in the chair, like laughing, isn't he? Like, yeah, Sting's like Sting's gone full Joker Sting at this point. He's regressed. Yeah. Um, and the the great Muther comes out. The fucking pop figure. Oh, it was so good. And he he did his whole entrance, like coming down the ring with his little twitchy fingers. Um, took his took uh, his, took his like his outfit off. He had the mask on. It looked great. Oh, that mask was cool as shit. And then obviously everyone like everyone commentary selling it like, oh yeah, he's probably come to batter Sting because they're like big big time rivals. And even Boy, Buddy's like, even like, Buddy like steps aside. He's like, yeah, mate, have him. It's fine. Oh, hang in between this shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, it, it's fitting that a match where like Darby got his head split open was on the Musa scale. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, but Musa's not here to fight Sting. He turns around. He gives um, Buddy a. A corkscrew, a leg screw, and then he spits green mist in his face. That fucking legs, that dragon screw was gorgeous. Yeah, look good. He still got it. Man, man still got it. <laughs> and then Buddy staggering around, he bumps into Julia, who takes the scariest table with the whole. <laughs> yeah, so she falls. There's two tables inside the ring. She sort of falls, and like the like the top of her like legs. Didn't she? Yeah, so like the top of her legs clip the back table and like knock a little chunk out of it, and her head just goes like straight into the guardrail and the concrete. Yeah, well, she she yeah. tweeted apparently both her and her hat are fine. <laughs> At least the hat's okay. Like that was a nice hat. Yeah, so luckily everyone's okay. That could have been really scary. And yeah, then yeah, Sting Sting used the power of the Hall of Fame ring to break the handcuffs. <laughs> and um. That's such a fucking niche reference. Jesus <laughs> And he gives Buddy the Scorpion death drop and picks up the win. A really, <laughs> really fun opening match. Like you say, a little, it was wild. It was sort of all over the place in a sort of really entertaining way. Yeah. As, as you say, it's like they're just the kind of the sting um, no DQ match that we've come to know and love. Yeah. Sting just, just like, I just, I just want to go like, through tables now because I'm like 63. And it's like, all right, it's okay. The, the fact that he got Buddy to launch him off the fucking top rope as well. Yeah. Not Buddy Brody, sorry. Um, Let me, I, want the, I want the largest man to throw me through a table. Like, Alright, okay. The actual human embodiment of the end of the world. Just <laughs> fucking pushing through the table. Yeah, sure. Uh, right, next up then, we had the match. one of the matches I was most looking forward to on this show. Uh, Hook and Action Bronson versus Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. This was everything it needed to be. This was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Action Bronson got a hot tag and hit a running power slam. Yeah, <laughs> which that, is words I thought I would never say. That bit as well, where um, two point oh goes to double clothesline. Action Bronson, to be fair, was taking bumps as well. Yeah, he did well. He broke. He breaks that, the clothesline and then he just trucks Angelo Parker. <laughs> I I would not be against seeing Action Bronson wrestle again. Yeah, I would absolutely have another one of those. Uh, it was really good fun. Um, so Hook gets back in the ring, puts on the red rum, and then Action Bronson comes in and puts on his own red rum, and both of 2.0 tap out. This is just perfect. 2.0 were the perfect opponents for this, and they, they yeah. played their part. They, they're such they're such good like goobers, aren't they? Yeah, uh, they are just like bebop and rock steady, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. This is just this is really good fun. Bronson got, Bronson like actually did the entrance for Hook as well. He wrapped the mouth. Yeah, and then he like he got, he got so hyped up that he just screamed the end as opposed to like, <laughs> and there the crowd were hot for him. Like the pop when he came in was huge. Yeah. It was great. It was yeah, really really good fun. Really enjoyed this. Uh, I was I was sports entertained. Yeah, I enjoyed this much. Uh, next up, 
uh, Wardlow, Samoa Joe versus Tony Nese and Josh Woods. Uh, this, I mean, this was kind of a throwaway match. Obviously, eight matches on this card. A few of them had to go short. This was always going to be one of them. The, my only criticism, and it, it's not really a criticism because the match was so short, this felt like basically two matches. So basically, Wardlow yeah. and um, Josh, was it Wardlow and Tony Nese were in the ring first and they had a bit of a fight and then they both got out and then the other two guys got in and they had a it bit of a fight. It was Wardlow and Woods and Joe and Nice. Yeah, so they both fought separately. Like the two guys fought and then they went out the ring and then two other guys came in, they fought and then Joe just won. Yeah. So it didn't uh, really, it wasn't really a match, like a tag team match per I, se. There was no interaction. I think it might have got cut for time because Wardlow looked like he got hit. Right. Because he was like holding his knee at ringside and he was kind of like rushing around checking on him. I mean, he's, then, yeah. After the match, he was still able to power bomb Mark Sterling three times. Yeah, which is fine. That's what, that's what we're all here for. Because Mark Sterling started off, but like by saying that Wardlow's never going to power bomb him, he can't. He, he won't be able to. And obviously, it was going to happen. Yeah. So it was. I mean, it was fun. It was fun enough, wasn't it? Josh Woods and Tony Nese work well together. Uh, Wardlow and Joe work well together. It was. It was fine. Yeah, it was just. It was just there to kind of like heat the crowd up for the next match, wasn't it? Yeah, well, we didn't really need it, mate, because the next match was Jungle Boy oh. versus Ray Phoenix. It's- Fucking outstanding, right? Are these these guys of uh, watching this match? The thing, I, the thing that struck me is these guys have got these are two of the guys with some of the best offense in AW in terms of how, how nice it looks. Yeah, I loved everything about uh, this match. I, I loved, I loved the bit where they went outside and Ray Phoenix literally slapped the soul out of Jungle Boy. I think Jungle Boy is like low key, like the best wrestler in the world. He's really good, isn't he? he but he doesn't, oh, he doesn't do it. But he, the way he plays his character, he's always the underdog, so you don't really notice it. Well, that I think that's why I say low key because he's yeah. so understated that like it you you just you just watching him some of the stuff he was doing in this match I was going like this this guy's so fucking also, like, like, like I I love the visual when he was on the outside as well of like he he was like sort of having a breather like crashed out by a, a sign of one of the, a sign for Jungle Boy and like he was trying to help like get kids to like help him up yeah that little kid like grabbed his hand didn't he yeah that was really I really like that that was really nice. Um, and then he goes, Phoenix, and then he goes, like, then he goes right in the like, ring and him hit Phoenix the poison runner and I was like, okay. Phoenix was in like full the mode in this match. Yeah, yeah. Pack, was, probably, Pack must have like chewed them out before the match. He's got right with heels now. You got to win. You got to. You got to go murder. Full murder. You got to go kill that jungle boy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, jungle, after a, after a really good back and forth, uh, jungle boy won with a surprise roll up, like sort of reversed uh, a sort of. Moved and into a into sort of pin combination and picked up the win. And after the match, um, they show respect to each other as well, which is really nice. They shake hands, they sort of bow to each other. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this was tremendous. It was just really good match, wasn't it? Yeah. And then Christian comes out with his arm in a sling and gets Luchasaurus to kill Jungle Boy. Yeah, Luchasaurus debuting his new finisher, which is just a fucking burning hammer. Yeah. Just the ultimate murder move, which makes sense given fucking Luchasaurus like the embodiment of like. A murder dinosaur. Yeah, literally the, the walking, the reason, the real reason the dinosaurs went extinct. Yeah. The last surviving dinosaur just fucking killing people with burning hammers. Yes, please. Powerbomb and T Rex into volcanoes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was fun. Uh, next up, probably what ended up being my favorite match of the night for a lot of reasons um, Eddie Kingston versus Sammy Guevara. Yeah, this was great. So, first of all, the pop for Eddie Kingston was insane. Like Eddie Kingston gets good pops wherever he goes. Eddie Kingston in New York gets a fucking nuclear pop. It was phenomenal. Um, he basically beat Sammy. Basically, he did what he said he was going to do. He beats the piss out of Sammy Guerrero from pillar to post all around the ring. Uh, Ty's doing concern face for the entire. I I liked 
I like the fact that like Sammy come out and was cutting a promo. Um and he he basically does the thing that like that got them the sort of backstage fight happening where like he goes to he goes to Eddie, um, you're a fat piece of shit, and then Eddie just beats beats him within an inch of his fucking life. Yeah. And then yeah, Eddie hits towards the end of the match. Eddie hits three backfists one after the other. As like with each one, you just see like Ty's soul explode. Yeah, it was like <laughs> it was like he just watching like GBH. And then he puts him in the stretch plum. By the time he puts it in, Sammy's just out. He doesn't even he doesn't even tap. He's, his soul's left his body, and <laughs> he, he wins the match. But then he won't let go of the hold. And like you see, Bryce is like screaming at Eddie. He's like, "Eddie, come on, let him go!" And Eddie's just like, "No, I'm not going." He, he literally can see him saying, "No, I'm not going to." Yeah, Eddie's in like a fucking trance, isn't he? Yeah, but he's just screaming at Bryce like, "No, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to let him go." And all the security come out. Uh, Paul Turner comes out. They reverse the decision, so Sammy's won. And then Ty's like sort of carrying him up the ring, like weekend at Bernie style. Yeah, like Sam, Sammy, Sammy's trying, like, Sammy's trying to celebrate that he's won, but he's also fucked and he's dead. And like Eddie just beats the piss out of all security guards in the ring. And I think Eddie's going on a bit of an anti-authority thing now. Then I, I think this is the beginning of making Eddie world champion. Oh, okay. I, I think because it's it's literally the self-fulfilling prophecy of Eddie. Like the only thing stopping Eddie is Eddie himself. Yeah. Well, that's what this Stop. all started with the Jericho program, didn't it? This was like Jericho sort of laid um, these seeds. I, I think it ends with Eddie taking the ROH title off Jericho. Yeah, fair. I'd be up and for that. Storing on it to the ROH title, essentially. Yeah. As like the likely honorable champion. Yeah, I'd be up for that. I mean, I've just fucking love me some Eddie Kings, don't I? It's, 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 it's fine. Uh, yeah. Right. Next up, fairly rudimentary match. Jay Cargo beat Diamante. It was a fine enough match. It was fun. Um, yeah, Trina yep. turned heel. Trina turns heel at the end. She slaps Diamante, beats the piss out of her. She's the original baddie. She's obviously in with the baddies. Should have really, she should have really known that. Really, Diamante, shouldn't she? Yeah. Uh, next up, then we have the Golden Ticket Battle Royal. Uh, this was a hell of a look. Really, I mean, AEW always do a good battle royal, don't they? It's like their speciality. It's like whenever the going gets tough, it's like right, just we'll just do a this battle the, royal and everything will be fine. This was such a good way to start it as well, where like Hangman's making his entrance and Rusha attacks him. Yeah. And the Dark Order come and make the save. Then the, the Andrade family office come and make the save. And it just escalates into like gang war, basically on the outside. Yeah, um, and these people coming down. Prince, Prince Nana was just stood there. <laughs> Prince Nana's uh, just there for some reason because Brian, Brian Cage is there for some reason. Yeah, we got surprised. Prince Nana, um, Dalton Castle, and the boys come out, and everybody lost their shit. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they did the spot as well where Dalton's about to get eliminated. He gets thrown out, and the boys catch him and put him back in. Yeah, which was great. Uh, who is it? Who got cursed? Um, QT, QT, and he did curse someone else. Basically, everyone who done who Dan Housen cursed got eliminated like immediately, immediately, which was great. Um, there was a spot as well where someone threw JD Flouth and sat down and just caught him by himself was- and just put him back in. Yeah, Hangman throws him out and then Satnam puts him back in and then Hangman goes to throw him out again. Like, to where Satnam is and then just goes, nah, and just goes like the other, yeah, side, goes the other side of the ring, just throws him yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, we did get a little tease of, of Hangmanhausen as well. Yes, Hunghausen. Oh, uh, we need Hunghausen. That, that's the next Danhausen tag team we need. <laughs> um, 
that there was um a cool bit where um Daniel Garcia got eliminated by Lee Moriarty. Yes. Moriarty's being a little shit. Well, Moriarty said he wants the pure title, didn't he? So, yeah, as Lee Moriarty's like mild enough for Daniel Garcia, uh, he gets eliminated. They, they're still heavily teasing Daniel Garcia being a face as well. Yeah. Well, there was a there was a bit on this, wasn't it? Where on the show we didn't talk about it. Where Jericho was cutting a promo saying there's gonna be a big celebration on Dynamite, and um, Garcia's like, "I've got to tell you something. It's really important." And Jericho's like, "Oh no, no, tell us next week." He's le- he's leaving, isn't he? Yeah, he's going. He's going. He's going to go with Murder Daddy. He's he's, got, he's going to the fucking William Regal's Murder Rexman. <laughs> um, yeah, like it, it, this is a really fun match. Uh, Lance Archer looked awesome in this as well. Yeah, Brian uh, Cage was also there. He was. Um, yeah, it, th- there was a couple of matches teased, like singles matches teased that I would like to see. Well, if they do this. The AEW do this thing really well, don't they? Where they use battle royals to like set up multiple storylines based on people's interactions. Yeah, um, Matt Hardy and Private Party reunited as well. Yeah, which was nice. A bit of a bit of sort of. Um... Like sort of redemption for Matt Hardy because he's been trying to do that on BTA, hasn't he? Yeah, and obviously BT is on hold at the moment because yeah. you know every, to... every, everybody who makes it is suspended, except for Cutler. Is he back now? Cut, yeah, Cutler, Cutler come back. Hey, you. All right. Um. Yeah, like it, it's it, it's um seemingly teasing. So it, it's teasing that we're getting private party vest butcher and the blade, which yes, please. Yeah. Um, seemingly teasing that we're getting Hangman and Roosh at some point, which again, yes please. Um because that'll also lead to Hangman versus Andrew Daddy. Um and it it's and it gives the dark order something to do. Um obviously Hangman won the match as well. So yeah we're getting so Hangman v Mox on and, the eighteenth of October, and, which is Tuesday night. Hangman Mox in Mox's hometown. Yeah, in Cincinnati. That's gonna be spicy. Which, is <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for I, that one. I, I cannot fucking wait for that. That is gonna be awesome. Yeah, right, we'll it's, like it. that, it's like one of the main dream matches we got left in AEW. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the one we didn't get during Hangman's Reign, wasn't it? Because Mox was sort of that's when Mox was out in rehab, so for the most of it. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's can't wait. That's, 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 like, that's like one of the few big matches they've still got on the table, which is um, which is great. Uh, right, we'll move on because we're a little bit pushed for time. Um, mm. Main event. Well, it wasn't even the main event. It was the lights out match. So after the show, um, Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. We we can't. We've got to rush through this a little bit. Unfortunately, I know you want to talk a lot about it because it's your boy. Oh, my, my boy. Couple Ricky of things Z- I really. Couple of things Ricky I really liked about this. Um, up to and including Hobbs literally ripping a light off the side of the set. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- this was this was a cool match. Uh, it didn't go a lot longer; only went ten minutes. Yeah, um, yeah they got they put they got a lot in. Yeah, it was it was essentially Hobbs just murdering Ricky. Um, he he did that nasty ass bump onto the fucking the two chairs back to back. Oh, the backdrop onto the two chairs like put together. Yeah, that was horrible. Uh, um, yeah, Ricky landed horribly. Um. Ricky wins by spearing Hobbs through a table in the corner and then hitting Rochambeau. Finally hitting the Rochambeau. He'd been trying the Rochambeau all match. Couldn't quite do it. He, he had to use a double underhook to get him up and then finally, yeah. Really it cool. Felt, felt, like a, felt like a big win. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the fact that this feud, it's definitely not over. Mm. Um, but that's what he said. He, he can, they can move on now after this. Like win or lose, he said it's time to move on and learn the lessons and and sort of just go, you know, do their own thing. It feels like the two of them are getting like some major push. Yeah, I, I think I think they'll I, both be the good thing about this feud. I think it's elevated both guys. Which yeah, like I I remember reading around all out the powerhouse hops was set for a massive push. Yeah, and I I feel like. Originally, the sort of bef- before like brawl out happened, I felt like the the direction they were probably going to go was going to be Hobbs challenging Punk. Yeah, because it was a year it's, on from. But they had that they had that that built in that history that they built in. So yeah, um, and obviously that's like a nice elevation where he's he's having a title shot and coming up short. Yeah. Um, well, that's Obviously, the next step, isn't that, it? Is for them to challenge for titles, but all right, not, not necessarily win them, but to just be challenging for them. I, I, I still think Hobbs is the guy who's dethroned the world, though. Yeah, I mean, you could do Hobbs. I, you could do Hobbs v. Moxley on this run, easy. I think. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think Hobbs dethrones Wardlow, and then Ricky dethrones Hobbs. Yeah, is like the kind of way to go. But keep them apart long enough that Hobbs can have an, have an actual run with the title. Yeah, absolutely. I, like the lot next logical challenger, then we go from there. Uh, right, okay, that's going to do it for our AEW bits. Uh, we will take another quick break and we'll come back for a very brief rundown of the news from the rest of the world. Uh, right, and we're back. Okay, so we've only got a f- couple of minutes left. Uh, we'll just very quickly run down some rest of the world news. Just a few bits and bobs here, but you know we like to we like to round it out as yeah. normal. Uh, so the, the, the so the biggest rest of the world news, I suppose, is that uh, Bobby Fish made his debut this week on Impact Wrestling. Yeah. So a um, bit, bit of a bit of a sort of it's been there's been a lot sort of discussed about this. So what it turns out what actually happened apparently was uh, Bobby Fish basically went to Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and tried to get them to ask for their AW releases. And Adam Cole told him basically where to go and then went straight to Tony Khan and told him what happened. And that led to Tony Khan not renewing Bobby Fish's contract. <laughs> so then apparently Bobby Fish then went back to Triple H or back to WWE and went, well, I'm I'm here, but Cole and O'Reilly aren't. And they were like, hey, yeah, no, mate, we don't want just you. Triple H left them on bread. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't answer the door. Um, and yeah. Didn't was, answer uh, the fucking rave and he sent. And now, and now Bobby Fish is an impact, which is, yeah. Fun. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he did kind of like shoot on CM Punk as well. Right? Yes, he did. Yeah, I mean that's just the kind of thing, though, isn't it? That's that's what he's trying to make his his whole gimmick. Yeah, man, who doesn't like CM Punk? Uh, speaking, Punk. it's. I mean, it's it's all Impact news this week. So next Impact bit of Impact yeah. news. Uh, Brian Hebner appeared on JBL's podcast and revealed there are quote four to six guys in Impact Wrestling whose contracts are due to expire. He said soon, like before the end of the year. So. Before the end of the before December, who yeah. may end up joining AEW or WWE? I'm trying to think who that could be. I know Chris one. Chris Bay would be interesting. Uh, I know Maria Canellis said she's had talks with AEW and WWE because her contract's coming up. Her, her Matt Taven, and Mike Benner. Right. Okay. So that could be three right there, couldn't it? Mm-hmm. And and um, Vincent was one of them as well, and obviously. We've got the righteous who are about in Ring of Honor. Yeah, they're sort of Ring of Honor adjacent, aren't they? They're still knocking we, around. We'd, we'd like the righteous to return of Ring of Honor because yeah, they they, they're they awesome. Yeah, they were doing good work down there. 
Um, yeah, so we're interested to see who they are. Um, bits and bottles. Impact's, Impact's always, it's sort of the last few years, it's sort of had that sort of transition of feel, hasn't it? Where they have like get people coming through for a bit and then they move on somewhere else. It, it's kind of like the halfway house of the Indies, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, it's like the, the next step up and then you move on. Maybe if you go, if you impress there, you go to AW or WWE. Or you get guys like Bobby Fish coming back down the other way because no one else wants him. Um, well, it's usually people who get like released from WWE go there before they like make the next progression. Yeah. Also, actually, someone someone who um, is showing up in Impact next week, which I, I thought was quite cool, is Ali Catch. Oh, that's okay. Friend of the podcast. She's having a monster ball match. Fair. Yeah. Uh, speaking of monsters balls, that feeds really well. Last piece of news: um, Raven is going to be inducted into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame at this year's Bound for Glory. Yeah. Top That'd lad. Be cool. Yeah. Good. Good on you, Raven. He's had a, he's had a long career. Is he retired um, now, or is he still going? Oh, he's well retired. He's fucked. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Have you seen Raven recently? <laughs> I honestly I haven't. To be fair, he, he he look he looks like he should be like running like a butcher's in New York somewhere. Oh, fair. <laughs> Like a yeah. like a really rough deli or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where like he's not using gloves to like pick up the meat; he's just throwing it at people. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Uh, right, I think that's going to do it for this week. We are out of time. We we were going to run down. Um, I was going to say, do we have time to quickly run it down? Uh, if you mean if you literally read them out very quickly, then yes, I can do that. So night one, New Japan in London this week. Night one. Uh, we've got Gabriel Kidd versus Dan Maloney. Yes, Driller! Um, Gideon Gray and the Great Okan versus Michael Oku and Ricky Knight Jr. Kanji and Jazzy Gabbett versus Alex Windsor and Ava White. Hiromu Takahashi, Sanada and Tetsuya Naito versus Duki, El Desperado and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Kazuchika Okada versus Bad Dude, Tito and Jonah. Jado Hikaleu, Tanahashi and Tamatonga versus Gado. Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, and Jay White. FTR versus Aussie Open for the IWGP Tag Team titles. And in the main event, Will Ospreay versus Shota Umino. On night two, night two, we've got Dookie and El Desperado versus Mythical Being, Robbie X, and Michael Oku. Um, Hiromu Takahashi and Sanada versus Luke Jacob and Ethan Allen, the young guns. That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, Jazzy Gabbett versus Ava White in the IWGP Women's Championship Tournament first round. Um, Ricky Knight Jr., Gabriel Kidd, Shota Umino, and FTR versus the United Empire. Um, Hikaleu, Tanahashi, and Tam- Tamatonga versus Jay White and the Good Brothers. Kazuchika Okada versus Bad Dude Tito. This is the one you'll get excited for. Tomohiro Ishii versus Jonah. And in the main event, Tetsu United versus Zack Sabre Jr. Lovely. If I didn't, if I didn't have a weekend full of shit to do, I'd have been there. Uh, if you're going down there, please travel it, safely. I know there's train strikes on; it's a nightmare. But I was, you do I get yourselves there safe. Thanks. I would have been there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and on that note, we'll cut, that's it for for the podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening again. We'll be back next week. We'll talk a bit more about progress because the show coming up that we're both going to, we're really excited about, and just whatever the fuck happens in the rest of personal wrestling. So yeah, take care, and we'll see you Bye, very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast House. Here. <laughs>